beginning, C.C. Bloom wanted to be a star. That's the story of... And Hillary Whitney was her biggest fan. You're the best singer I ever saw. Do you think I'm really, truly talented? I think you're truly talented. I've told you this at least eight million times. And with a friendship that began 30 years ago at the beach... You just happen to be the most fantastic person I've ever met in my entire life. I am? They shared good times. The Times says C.C. Bloom's performance is both promising and purposeful. And bad times. March! Have a drink on me, I was a big hit! Through it all, Hillary stood by her side. Guess who got the lead in the Falcon Players New Musical? Congratulate you for winning the award. Did you see those three other bras smashing their teeth? Ha ha, it was great, wasn't it? Through marriage. And I pronounce you man and wife. What'd you do that for? This is the happiest moment of my life. I don't ever want you to forget it. Through breakups. You caught Michael with another woman? Yes. And now you're going to have a baby all on your own? Having a baby without a father, am I being selfish? All great love is selfish. And through their differences. You did everything. You said you were going to do everything. You're smart. You're beautiful. You have hair that moves. Their friendship would last forever. Michael, you're going to be my partner. What's the trouble with stage? Touchstone Pictures presents Academy Award nominee, Bette Midler. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> and Barbara Hershey. <gasps> you maniac! Are you always like this? No. Good. Then you can stay. In a motion picture about relationships. I'm a womanizer, Cece. I'm not a liar. I'll see you back home on Monday. If you're lucky. <laughs> Hi, March. How's life treating you? And about luck. Could be dead. Nah. If she was dead, she would have dropped the bottle. Beaches. What a pair. Once in a lifetime, you make a friendship that lasts forever. Oh, man, we're starting off heavy. Pete, you are the wing beneath my wings. <laughs> I should hope so. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Well, welcome back to the show. Last episode of 2023 and last episode of the season, Pete. Wow. I'm excited, though. Oh, my gosh. This movie, <laughs> it's been a long time of coming for this one on the show. Yeah, it's taking me all the way back to seventh grade. Listeners, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are the, are the movies, movies that made us gay. gay. Yes. Very special show, like I mentioned. It is the last episode of the year, and we are closing out our season five, Pete. Five? Yeah, season five. Se- season five. We had Berkeley Brady from Alberta, Canada, <laughs> filmmaker, director, <laughs> whose film Dark Nature just came out earlier this year. Welcome to the show, Berkeley. Welcome. Hello. Very happy to be here. Oh, we're very happy to have you on. Uh, and what a movie for you to join us. I mean... Oh my God, we got to our Beaches episode, directed by Gary Marshall, written by Mary Gates Donahue, based on the book by Iris Rainier Dart. I think it's Rainier, like the beer. I don't sure. Know. Sure. Uh, released December 21st, 1988. Oh Berkeley, God. tell us about why you love this movie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Where to begin? So, 88, it came out. Mm-hmm. I would have been about seven. I don't think I saw it until I was 10 on TV because I did record it on my VHS. And so I always had those commercials, like the same commercials from the era. Love that. We have that, but it's for my copy of Edward Scissorhands (laughs) that I still have my TV copy with all of the commercials intact. Do you remember what they are? 
Oh, it's, I mean, it's for dinner and a movie. I think that was on TBS. T- TBS. TNT. So yeah. you got all of those little bumpers with Paul and Annabelle. Um, yeah, I mean, all of the really good 90s commercials were on mine. You guys lived in America. Yeah. <laughs> Arca, yes. Arca. And you got to not only see all the commercials, but even get those goods that were in the commercials. Whereas in Canada, we did not. Oh, oh sure. So it was just, it was the American like stream on cable, but you couldn't get any of the products in Canada. I never thought about that. Yeah. I think our sister city in Calgary was Spokane Cordelines. Okay. And I grew up in Sure. And I grew up in Montana, so I feel like Montana's kind of the sister country (laughs) of a place like Alberta. Like very similar environments. I grew up in a rural community. Yep. I mean, gr- growing up in LA, we uh, like we were a major market, so anything that there was a commercial for was here. Um, nowadays, it's a little different. Nowadays, we'll get things, and I'm like, "What the hell is Cece's Pizza?" But like, I can't imagine being a kid and seeing commercials for things that you just don't have access. Like, what? What were and some of the magazines? Th- what the magazines? You'd oh. always say like, "You could write in, or you could order this in a magazine." But you know what? I have, I have five ninety nine. I'm going to, I'm going to order this. <laughs> and then it's like, wait, PO box or a zip code? What oh. is a zip code? Oh no, kind of that. Like you could not get anything, and it's still oddly like that. Like there's a lot of things. Amazon two day time is not. It's not two days. Uh, it's like a week and a half. Oh no! They're like sure. get it tomorrow. Like it's not coming for oh, a while. No. <laughs> And the duty is crazy. If you buy clothes, you'll just pay like so much money for the duty. Wow. It's not like when I lived in the States, but I, I love just like clicking and being like, it's coming or I'm ordering that. that that's coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The trials and tribulations of, of, uh, <laughs> of a commonwealth and media nation. Too. Like there's a lot of media rules, which as a filmmaker in Canada, I benefit from. I'm not going to hate on them. Sure. We have a lot of rules around, you know, what comes in, but to order a DVD, like I wanted to go, um, order the others, right. and it was eighty dollars. Oh, oh, well, I mean, were you trying to order like the four K Criterion that just yeah. came out? No, not even. Oh, it was then even. I was like, it was even, wait for that anyway. It was yeah. even just the basic Blu-ray for the others. Like, yeah, just wow. a random like DVDs will just be eighty dollars, a hundred dollars. Even the speeches, like I told you, I wanted the commentary. I ordered it. It got sent back. I don't know why. Oh my gosh. Like, and then the one they sent, I don't even know who really has the commentary. Oh. Hey, but you know what? Universal healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think what they're saying is we're not going to find happiness through what we buy. Yeah, yeah. I they're think- not getting it. So you yeah. get the beautiful mountains of Alberta too. And Montana. And Montana, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so you definitely remember watching this on repeat as a child on tape. I did not get to this movie until I was in my mid-20s. That I watched this at the place that I was staying at when I first moved to L.A., just kind of living with friends. And I was looking through their Blu-rays, and I'm like, you know, I have never seen Beaches. Wow. So I sat down and watched it one afternoon, and I mean, loved it. If I would have discovered this movie as a child, I would have been obsessed. And I feel like when I was a kid, too, that I feel like there was a lot of passing jokes about this movie being a chick flick. And it was kind of the punching bag of, oh, it's a, it's a movie for girls. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Mm-hmm. Let's be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Scott, seeing this movie for the first time in your 20s, yeah. how hard did you cry? 
Did you cry? You know, surprisingly, I don't shed a tear during this movie. Uh, I know that, like, I'm, that might sound I, that I am made I'm of stone. Just... It is not one of those endings that, like, oh, I'm, I'm very what? moved by the ending. Oh, my gosh. Like, I think both of their performances are great. But right. surprisingly, I do not cry at the end of this movie. Okay. So, you have a heart made of stone. We've established that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you be a geologist. <laughs> okay. So... I remember when this movie came out. Yeah. Uh, I was in the seventh grade. It was everywhere. It was huge. It was a gigantic hit. I had already had an established love affair with Bette Midler through um, Outrageous Fortune and Big Business. And um, so this movie comes out. It is more adult, right? For me. Like, as a kid, I'm just but like... But there's kids in it, though. This is a more grown-up movie. It starts off with Maya. Starts out with I, kids. Which yep. I love. But the but the thing was, it was such a part of, like, the, just this cultural fabric of the time because of this song. Yeah. Right? This song mm-hmm. is a huge hit. There, we have, like a, uh, like, a Christmas pageant at school. And... Um, Gosh, I forget the name of the girl who was in the eighth grade. And she sang a solo of Wind Beneath My Wings. And it was like a huge deal. And then even the next year, the like three most popular girls in my school all sang it together. And they were not doing any sort of melody or any – not melody. um, Did they hit that high note? There were no harmonies. There was no nothing. They were just kind of all singing. They're just feeling it. Yeah, they're just all singing in a falsetto like – 12-year-old girl. Um, But it was just like, this song was so huge. And I remember seeing this movie the first time. And that, those last scenes, just Niagara Falls, just weeping openly. I could not stand it. And certain things from this movie stuck with me my whole life, right? Me too. Me too. You know, there's, I mean, we're going to, we're going to take a deep dive into all this. Let's talk about crying. Let's talk about crying a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I love to cry and I'm not an easy crier. That's, yeah. that's the irony. That's the sadness. That's the tragedy. But that movie, of course, the ending destroys most of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, but then as I was watching it again, now, so I saw it first when I was 10, now mm-hmm. I'm 42, and mm-hmm. I watched it again. I was crying in the beginning. Sure. Because I'm probably, like, almost at 30 watches in. And now even just, like, the poignancy, like, the idea of time itself as she's remembering when they're children, just, like, their innocence. I was crying in the beach scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and Benjamin buttoning my yeah. crying. <laughs> <laughs> You know when she get when she gets the call at the Hollywood Bowl and she just drops everything. She's just like, yeah. get my bag, I'm out. Okay. You're just has the Hollywood Bowl been photographed better in another movie? <laughs> I mean, I mean, these are angles that you never see. Sure, of the bowl. We were we were know. we were noting for the opening Hollywood Bowl scenes that. Um, the pool, like the famous pool that's like right up next to the stage, there were boxes in them, and we were kind of wondering of like. Have there always been boxes in the pool, or can they take them out and put them back in for stuff like symphonies? I think it changes a lot. Kind of changes? Yeah, I think okay. it changes a lot. But um, this is also a time when the Hollywood Bowl had these spheres in like in the dome above. There were these big – and you can see it in the movie. There are these giant spheres. And I, the, you know, I'm going to sound – I'm talking completely out of turn. Sorry, listeners. 
they were for acoustics, I believe. They're since gone. The spheres are not no longer there. But I, like we don't care how things sound. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're coming. It's fine. It's you're you're here for the ambiance and the fireworks. Um, but yeah, at that point the spheres were there, and there were different shapes and not shapes are all spheres, but there were different sizes, um, all kind of decorated like Christmas tree ornaments. But um, oh. since the backup singers for musicians, they sounded so good and they look so good. The uh, the piano player, Mark Shaman. Yeah. I think Academy Award yeah, winner. I think I mean he may have even worked some a little bit on the movie. He's not credited as composer for the movie, but I mean he's an Academy yeah. Award winning yep. big deal composer, big deal that he's just oh backing her up on piano. And yeah, she's got her like her backup singers up there. Okay, right off the bat, immediately I turn to Scott and I'm tr- we're trying to nail down CC CC Bloom CC Bloom. I'm trying to nail down the kind of performer cc is in how big of a star is she i'm thinking is she a bernadette peters kind of in this because they don't really reference a lot of movies that she's doing some she did her big movie but it was kind of not really a big like against her will kind of a thing but i'm thinking okay she has sizzle that runs for like however many years she went they mentioned her winning a tony Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about you know putting albums out, and I'm thinking like, hey, if like if in the '80s Bette Midler does this like not Bette Midler, if in the '80s uh, Bernadette Peters does this kind of like Bernadette sings a great American songbook like at the Hollywood mm-hmm. Bernadette standards, I think that's putting asses in the seats, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking she's that kind of level, or what do you what do you think? Do you think she's like a I'm Bette thinking Midler around class? there and maybe up a little? To not sure. quite a Streisand. Right. But, like, is she a mixture of Cher and Streisand? There you go. S- Scott was Scott was throwing out Streisand as well. Yeah, Cher, I think that's a good... I mean, who can be as big name. of a star than Streisand in the <laughs> 80s? But, I mean... No, but you're right. She's no not way. quite there. But, yeah. yeah, she walked on the beach in Miami, and all the old people knew who she was. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. yeah. It's Lacey Bloom. Okay. And not just because... Leona was going around telling her, you know, Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Because she went there to relax. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Before we get into the deep discussion on beaches, we have to Uh celebrate that this is our sixth Bette Midler movie that we have done on the podcast. Wow. Here, let me just count and make sure. All right. Six movies. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. I mean, Bette Midler's catalog, she worked a lot, but it's not, there's not a lot of movies there, though. It's like she kind of – she had a big run in the 80s. She had her touch-tone contract that she was kind of churning them out at this time. And this mm-hmm. is kind of the bet heyday is the late 80s. So we're going to celebrate this with the bet leading ladies quiz. Okay. All right, Berkeley, are you ready for a bet? Are you ready, Midler, Berkeley? Uh, like, leading ladies I'm quiz. I'm my head no, though, because I know I'm going to fail. Oh, it's Okay. <laughs> Okay. But it's too busy watching beaches on repeat. I didn't really see anything else. Okay. Well, if you if you don't get them all right, then I get to keep the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so um, right, we have we covered go. on the show now: beaches, the first wives club, mm-hmm. ruthless people, mm-hmm. outrageous fortune, hocus pocus, and big business. Wow. Those are the movies that we have done on the show. Um, all bangers. Can you both tag team her most known for on IMDb? Of what comes up when you? Type in Bette Midler on the Internet Movie Database. The, fo- the, top, the, four, four. the top four big titles according to the mysterious algorithm on IMDb. 
Okay. I'm gonna say the. I'm gonna say beaches. Beaches is there. It's number one. Okay, great. And also, (laughs) we have covered all of these movies. The first time that we are doing this quiz, and we have talked about all of the movies on the most. Okay, so everything you said, they're in there, but only four of them. Mm -hmm. All right. Berkeley, do you want to first wife's club? First wife's club is there. All right. Sort of pantsuit. I guess that it's it's kind of like a process of elimination. I kind of gave it away. That's okay. It's okay. okay. I like. Need some help. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Beaches, First Wives Club. Uh, is Hocus Pocus on the most known for? Hocus Pocus is there. Yeah. And she will say in her interviews that Hocus Pocus is one of her favorite jobs that she's ever done. Good. Yep. Why? Did she say why? I think that she just had a lot of fun making it, too. I think that her daughter – I mean, her daughter's my age, too. We're both born in 86. That um, her, da- her daughter was just at that age that she could bring her the set, and she was dressed up as a witch, and it was a good time. Wow. Yep. Okay. Okay. He done enough movies to be like, I start at this time, I end at this time, and right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is what's in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm done at six p.m. Okay, so we have one more movie to go. Yeah, uh, we got Beaches, First Wives Club, Hocus Pocus, and the fourth movie. It is not big business. Not risky business. No, <laughs> risky, risky, well, risky business. She's in the window when he's in the socks and doing his dance. Don't you remember? <laughs> She's got her binoculars. <laughs> She's peering at young Tom. Well, it's it's not risky business, nor is it big business, right? I haven't seen, but I, it's on my list as like the next thing to see in life. You haven't no. seen big business. I haven't seen big business. Oh, business uh, big business is a lot of fun. It's cute. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's light fair, but you know. Okay, so that's not on there. Okay, so next up, we're I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give you a little hint, Pete. Think uh, of Ben Cheeves. Oh, Ben Cheeves loves this movie. Is it um, friend of the pod? It's uh, is it ruthless people? It's ruthless people. It's ruthless people. All right. Did you okay. grow up on ruthless people? I did not. I had I not, not seen it until I know, the show. I know, it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, so it's it's good. Danny DeVito. Uh, she works really well with Danny DeVito. She does. Too. She works really well. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and it's in that kind of like Bette Midler really leaning into the this like brassy New York broad kind okay. of personality. The thing that Gary Marshall. Yes. I don't mean to be you know too familiar. <laughs> right. Jim, um, he that he said he kind of like pulled her back from, helped her slow down. I can see that. I guess, yeah. Especially because of how well I kind of how familiar I am with like outrageous fortune and that, and she it's some scenes she's kind of going into that like cadence, but it's not all the way there. And I kind of felt like okay, she she's going moving away from that like hey Marge like kind of uh, you know delivery. So yeah, okay, that's a good that's a good uh, good note. I didn't know that. All right, Scott, next question. Um, Pete, I know that you know this. I know that you know this question, but okay. Berkeley, do you know what state Bet was born in? Do you know where Hawaii. she was born? Hawaii, very good. Yeah. She's from Honolulu, which yes. we were talking that. We also believe- probably cannot get everything mailed to. Sure. Also, yeah. yeah. And we were talking that I think that she raised her daughter in Hawaii. Like that was kind oh, of really? still her home base when she was raising her. Oh. Um, can you both name her Oscar nominations? I'm just still trying to figure out, like, how do you look like that Midler with the red hair and live in Hawaii and not like burn every day? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of sunblock. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say how many do we, how many nominations I are there? I Believe there is two. Okay, definitely for the boys. For the boys, she was in '91. Okay, 
the year that uh, Jodie Foster won. Okay. And she has one more Oscar nomination. She has one more Oscar nomination. It was kind of her big break in movies. Oh. The one, which is like the Janis Joplin. The yes. Janis Joplin movie, The Rose, which I have not seen. Rose. I have not seen it either. It's good, you guys. She's really good in it. Yeah. Who won that year? Do you, do you know, Scott? Oh, I, I'm not sure. I'll okay. top my head. Well, it, it's it's a great performance. And, um, yeah, kind of really uh, for a kind of first movie. Kind of launched her into great. the mainstream. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I recommend The Rose. You guys check it out. Um, what is the highest grossing movie of her career? This is an interesting one that you don't really immediately think of Bette Midler, but she is buried in this cast. This cast is also stacked with people. Oh, it's one of those. Stacked with actresses too, like actresses that we all love. Okay, can you give us a year? This was oh, the, the year, what? This was this was the year two thousand. In the year two thousand, Bette Midler is in like a blockbuster movie. In a blockbuster movie that I believe it is still one of the highest grossing romantic comedies of all time, which is kind of shocking that it's still up there. Like I think that it's still in the top five. Is oh. it, is it, is it directed by Penny Marshall? <laughs> it is not. I no. It is not directed by by Penny Marshall. You're kind of close though. It's a it's a female director. Though. Is it the one where Mel Gibson can read people's minds? Yes, it's what women what want. Women directed by Nancy Myers. <laughs> she plays his therapist. She has a brief scene in What Women Want. Uh, what okay. women want like stack cast too. What I want to see the movie where Nancy Myers and Penny Marshall characters based on them. Ooh. Are fighting to get the same like lead directing role in something. Ooh, I oh wow, that, that sounds really good. That would that, that's a good one, and it also has to be set in the early nineties. Yeah, I yeah. would love that. Just like how beaches, like is a chair, is a Barbara, who is it? Yes. I want, I want, yeah. Okay, so the day that beaches came out, December twenty first, nineteen eighty eight. Another big female led movie opened that we have covered on the show. Do you both know what it is? Another movie, another female-based movie in 1988 released this, on the same day this as This movie Beaches. was a huge deal when it came out and ended up getting a, a lot of Oscar nominations. Oh, and we have covered it on the show. Oh, gosh. Um, it's itch. Like, I want to look it up. But I know. Let me see. Um, this is – I believe that they're – both actresses got Oscar nominations, one in lead, the other in supporting, and it was nominated in Best Picture. Oh, is is it Thelma and Louise? No. Thelma oh. and Louise is 91. Okay, I thought um, so. This movie is directed by very famous filmmaker, directed The Graduate. Oh. Um, oh, gosh. It's big – 80s workplace epic. No. No. Uh, <laughs> is it in a newsroom? No. No. It's okay. in an office, yeah, though. It's in an office. Carly Simon sings oh, the oh, main oh, theme. I know what it is. It's, uh, it's Working Girl. Released on the same day <laughs> as Working Girl. Wow. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. That's crazy. Beaches and Working Girl were released. Beaches the same and Working day. Girl were released the same day. All right. Yep. All the men were so afraid. They're like, "What is happening? I know. Jeez. Yep. Where's the future going?" If Twitter was around, gosh. Okay. Now right. I'm actually flashing to one of the commercials that was on my beaches recording, <laughs> and I was like, "Was it that one?" And it was that one about. It was like a. There was a lake, and it's about old older people. Golden Pond. Golden. Was it Golden Pond? <laughs> Cocoon. Cocoon. <laughs> Yeah. 
That was on my beaches in Asia, so I was like, maybe it's Pixar. Steve Gutenberg. Great. All right, what is the 2004 (laughs) remake that Bette starred with Nicole Kidman in? This movie's kind of a mess, but she's a lot of fun in it, though. I know. Oh, I know. The one with their witches. No. Not Bewitched. It is Stepford Wives. The Stepford Wives. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Her character's name is Bobby Markowitz, and she is a best-selling author, and the title of her book always makes me die. It is called... It, it is about the relationship with her mother. It is called I Love You, But Please Die. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Other kind of bet roles from the 2000s. In okay. 2000, she played a best-selling author in Isn't It Great? Who was it? Ooh. I know this as well. Uh, it's Jacqueline Suzanne. It's Jacqueline Suzanne. Author yep. of Valley of the Dolls. Author of Valley yes. of the Dolls. It didn't get very good reviews, too. It's not. I no. Nathan uh, Lane? I think, I think so. I think it. it's Nathan Lane. Yeah. Um, that produced a famous movie turned musical on Broadway in 2011. What was it? I remember her doing press for this too. Like she would go oh on the. Gosh. I remember. I think that she went on like GMA or The View doing press for it. Okay, it was a movie first, and then it went. It became. They made a musical out of it. Yep. And she produced it. Mm-hmm. Was she in the movie version? No. Gay classic too. Was she in the in the stage production? I don't think so. But she produced it though. Oh, is it Kinky Boots? No. I'm going to say Kinky Boots. That's all you're, I want to say. You're kind of close, though. <laughs> um, this is a movie from Australia. Oh, is it Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Queen of the Desert. Yep. <laughs> she produced the stage version of that? She produced the stage version Get of it. Get out of town. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. I love that movie, too. Oh, so good. All right. Bet famously oh. performed at the Continental Baths, a famous bathhouse in New York City. Right. Who accompanied her on piano? I did not know this until today. Accompanied her on piano at the bathhouse. Famous- Stevie Wonder. <laughs> P- uh, not Stevie Wonder. Uh, plays, it- plays piano. Is it a? He played piano for. Is it Paul Schaefer? No. Gosh, I don't know. Yes. This was a '70s singer. It's Barry Manilow. <gasps> Barry oh. Manilow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that until today. But yeah, there's the there's the Bette Midler leading ladies quiz. Well, you know, thank you for participating. in Favorite this. actress of <laughs> ours on the show. We love us and Bette Midler. I I have to, I do have to say, listeners and uh, Berkeley esteemed guest, I have to say, Bette like when I was a kid, she had yeah. these she had these Touchstone movies, and seeing her in uh, Outrageous Fortune and Big Business, to me, she was. The funniest person. I thought she was beautiful. I thought she was just so in charge of herself, her characters. I just wanted to be her in everything. And just being a little, like, 10-year-old boy, these movies were – I was not the target audience at all. (laughs) But I watched them over and over again, and I was just like, she's so cool. She's so funny. She stands out everywhere. She she noticed her when she walks into a room, and I just always wanted to be that person. And so I just have always had this affection for her. And, and now you are. Look I, at you now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, though. And she does. She comes in, and she's not trying to be anything other than herself. And yeah. that itself is such a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And then what she is as herself is so amazing. Right. Well, especially as, as an actress and a singer in the 80s, that just felt so refreshing. Too mm-hmm. that this woman that mm-hmm. is totally in in control of herself 
<laughs> I mean, some people may have labeled her a bitch, <laughs> but she is just someone totally in control as, of herself. As Latrice Royale would, Latrice say, Floyd, being, Royale would say, being in total control of herself. Um, okay, so this kind of brings us to the beginning of this movie, because Bette Midler is such a persona, right? And at the beginning yeah. of this movie, we get them as kids... And what a revelation, Mayim Bialik. Oh my God, Star is Born. Little Bette Midler. Star is Born. Mayim scenes are my favorite <laughs> in the movie. What's my name? I am none other than a fantastic, world famous child wonder, CC Blue. <laughs> Ta da! Hi, I'm Hillary Whitney. Don't you recognize me? No. I do a couple of routines in the Sammy Pinkus Kitty show. The what? Holy mackerel, kid. What planet do you live on? The Sammy Pinker Show just happens to be the most popular show in Atlantic City. And I'm the most popular actor. Along with Iris Mayandowski, the hand-walking queer. You want a pup? Cece, where are you? Cece! Don't blow a gasket, Leona. I'm down here. You know what? I didn't find you in your dressing room. You know what I thought? I thought you were dead. You watch too many movies, Leona. Come on, I gotta get back to the theater right now. There's a Hollywood talent scout wants to see your act. And she didn't really continue with singing. Like she went on sitcoms and got her PhD. But does she? Am so, I missing a big? So Mayim has a big dance background, but all of the singing in this movie is ADR. <gasps> because Bet yeah. thought Bet wanted a stronger yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have a sh- a, a glass shattering sound effect. That, it, that makes that puts a lot of dots together because I'm like, why is she bearing this yeah. voice? <laughs> because it was so strong, it was such a strong voice. And also, watching it again, like after we had seen the interview with Maya, where she does tell the story of Bette Midler saying, eh, "Your voice is great, but it's not quite where it's, I want it." It's to just be. not the character. Yeah. Um, the the performer that they got sounds like Maya and Bialik. It sounds yeah, like it's, it's coming out of it, her mouth. It sounds like it's coming out of her mouth. It's so yeah. good. This, the match is well, perfect. Someone has the quality that you're like, that's what that girl would sound like yes, singing. Absolutely. It doesn't sound like someone else. That's yeah. incredible. I'm yeah. shattered, but I'm okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, same. When I found out, I was just like, oh my God, how have I not known this? But then all these other little moments that she has throughout that. Okay, so that beginning, I was looking at... Um, Sorry, I'm thinking, my mind is like here. The David Lean movie, not David Lean. Oh my gosh. Why, Brain? Why? It's like, takes place at like, uh, Celebration of Life. No. What is that movie called? What is that movie? It's like, it starts at Atlantic City, really famous director, gay director, melodrama, Douglas Sirk, has life in the title. There's Imi- a little girl. I mean, she's I'm lost thinking of Imitation of Life. Imitation of Life. Yeah. Imitation of Life. Let's write that All right. Imitation of Life, Douglas Sirk, melodrama. Yeah. Love this movie. Also a tearjerker. Also involves death at the end. But it starts in Atlantic City with the little girl being lost. That's the whole Uh, kickoff of that movie. Okay, okay. And so when I saw that, I was like, it ripped off Beaches. I'm like, wait, it did come (laughs) 30 years ahead of Beaches. It still counts as a ripoff. (laughs) <laughs> it really is. It's like, and then I was like, oh, I love that. I love that Gary Marshall's like, let's do melodrama. Let's like look to the greats. Let's do Atlantic City. Yeah. Woman gets lost. It's it's like almost the same scene. Absolutely. Except- and I think that that was a lot of the criticisms of this movie and the script with 
critics at the time, I mean, Roger Ebert noted it, that these were all like pulls from all of these old movies, that this script was kind of recycling of all of this, kind of like these conventions in these cliches, but I think that it does it pretty well. But at the time, people gave this story a really hard time for doing that. Really? Mm-hmm. Because now younger people, they would have no idea. Right. Just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so grounded. I think the characters totally seem real and like themselves. But you know, maybe it's that thing where it's like cliches make sense. It's like these, these sort of tropes should be sure. redone because they work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have memories as a kid of these opening scenes and just, you know, loving these two so much, especially Maya, you know, this performance is so funny and it just really keys you into who these two are. Um, In my memories of this movie, I felt like they were together so much longer, but it's a day, it's an afternoon. Yeah. And it's just that thing. It's not like this is a summer on the pier. But it's that yeah. thing of when you're a kid and you meet another kid that you don't know if you're on vacation or wherever and they just become your best friend for the day. But, you know, what oh. if you just were able to get their address and just write to each other your, you know, their entire lives and that's kind of where it came from. But up, upon this most recent viewing, I was just like, wow, I, I remember their friendship being a lot stronger or not stronger, but just like there being more to it. But being that it was so short, I don't know. It just makes these this pen pal situation a little bit cooler. I don't know. I just it just really yeah. struck me how brief it was, but what you know what it meant to them as as like children. Totally, I think too. They they really are there for these key moments for each other. That's mm-hmm. why the writing is so good. and the directing. I mean, it's just so good. It's like you see CC doing the audition, getting usurped by the hand walker. Yeah. <laughs> the hand walking girl, <laughs> the hand walking queer. The, the hand walking queer. <laughs> I don't remember I, the character's name. <laughs> like the result because Leona bragged. It's all like so much is in these little scenes. Yes. That's what I was like. I was like, these scenes, like it's beat after beat. Every single scene, it's always moving so quickly. And I think I'm as a director and a writer, I'm always like, oh wow, I got my game up because look at this. It's like if it's not this, it's that. There's always something happening. It's always integral. It's so quick. And then she gets her heart broken, but then her friend Whitney, you know, gives her the best compliment and she's so sincere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go to the fancy restaurant. And I love when Cece leaves the fancy place and does that tap dance <laughs> down the stairs. I'm like, this is, this is my meme in life. I Absolutely. think. <laughs> <laughs> Mayim said that Bet worked with her closely on the tap dance too. I I love the scene in uh in the hotel restaurant because Oh, by the way, do you know where that's filmed at Pete? No, I don't. The Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, well. Gary no. mentions that on the commentary. I was like, "How do you like that?" Oh, the Ambassador Don't Hotel. Yep. Right before right before they tore it down. I was going to say it's gone now. Gone? Yeah. Uh, it took him a while. They didn't tear it down until the 2000s. But, it's, the, um, it's the hotel Bobby Kennedy was shot in. But uh it is the hotel yep. Bobby Kennedy was shot in. But it's so interesting because the whole, you know, the beginning of their, of when the two of them meet, Whitney is just, she's just so like in awe of Cece because Cece's just so like larger than life. But when they get to this restaurant, Cece's like, we can't go in there. Like, Mm -hmm. this is not for us. Like, I can't, I look at me, I'm in this costume, like, and for once she's kind of stopped in her tracks and she's like. That's off limits for me. 
you know, because she kind of knows, has this, you know, she's, you know, she's with Leona and like, we're doing the circuit and we're, we're performers. We're, we're, we're staff. We're not patrons. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. They would probably not even be able to get, they're not even in the right type of music to become entertainers at that hotel. Right. They're just in that different class. And then Whitney completely is of that class, but has that, they have that connection. That's like, Oh, these are just like roles we're playing. And so yes. they have, they're really seeing each other. And then I love how that builds for later when CC does become spoiler alert, a big success. Right. And she's yeah. like, I want to make money. It's like, she's never had money. So for her, it's like, she wants it. She's tasted it. We've seen her, how she doesn't fit in. And now she's like, we kind of get that that's important to her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, it, you know, you do see too, you see Hillary kind of like in her element of just like, mm-hmm. yep. I know she's just very straight. Yeah. And yeah. she's just like, I, I'm staying here. I'm a guest. My father, you know, has a room mm-hmm. here and I want to, I want a Sunday. I want a malted milkshake. Like, bring it. Two chocolate sodas. Yeah, two chocolate sodas. We yeah. can have them. Please bring them. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, f- I feel like a lot of the the movie, Hillary is the one that's most out of her element because so much of it takes place in New York and she's she's kind of the outsider there. Um, yeah. But it is kind of like right off the bat when you do kind of see her there, it's it's very interesting to kind of see the two of them in their, you know, the kind of places of, of where they, of where they come from individually. Mm -hmm. And and when you kind of do realize that like Hillary Whitney is not just rich, she's rich. Like she is. Yeah. She fancy. fancy. She's right. She's riding ponies, like talking about like breeding, like. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's bring me to a question that I have for later. So I don't know if we can jump ahead. Oh, of course. Okay. Like you said, we can. You did say that. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) would you, if you could Mm -hmm. in present day, have Hillary's house where she lives with her daughter before she dies Mm -hmm. and her beach house that she has from her family. If you had to die young of the heart disease, but you've got to live in those houses. <laughs> oh, okay. well, I have read that um, cardiomyopathy is now treatable a lot more than it was at the time. Okay. So it's no longer a death sentence. So you might be out for a few months and then you'll, yes. and then you'll re- recover. Back to the beach. <laughs> so boom, give me that green beach house. I was reading that the beach, alcove. apparently these beach houses are, they are in, in Newport. They're in Newport, Newport yep. Beach mm-hmm. in, Cal- in Orange County in California. Yep. Um, we kind of, we were convinced that this house had since been oh, swept into the sea. Yeah. I mean, this was this was from a time in Southern California of that when they made beach houses like this, they were building those right up to the sand. And if there's any tropical storm, that house is getting washed away. This is some Mildred Pierce. Yeah. And the Mildred <laughs> in the Mildred Pierce house is gone. Is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to say this mansion that she lives in with uh with the daughter like oh my gosh. This <laughs> Oh my gosh. And yeah. knowing it's all in California, it's just like oh my. Yeah. I think I think I could leave at 36 if I got to live there. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I I kind of feel like Hillary Whitney might be might have made a killing on this divorce. Sure. What was her alimony? <laughs> I th- I think she's getting some like Sutton Strack Real Housewives of Beverly Hills like coins from from this settlement. 
I hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think when she was like, oh, I'm going to go buy a ranch today because yeah. we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. I think she was doing all right coming yeah. in. I think maybe well, she was like, I didn't want anything. I bet she didn't take anything. She was like, I don't true. even want it from me. That's true. She went the Gwyneth Paltrow route and took a dollar. Yeah. And legal fees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, she does. She she had her own money. It was all her father's money, right? So, yeah. And, he's, yeah. and he died and her mother died young. And that's yeah. the tragedy of her daughter and later on in the movie, which we'll get to, is that Hillary really had – I mean, she has Aunt Vesta, but I mean – who wants Vesta? Let's be honest. How old is Aunt Vesta in 1988? At this yeah. point, she's probably on death's door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's. Then I guess she, she could have been like 70, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, that is it is when you realize like she's gone through what her daughter is about to go through. Right. Like that's why I now cry at the beginning. Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh my god! I really love all of the New York scenes. With okay. Bet working at the nightclub, it's some of my favorite of okay. the movie. So let's 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 backtrack a bit. We went ahead with you know the house that she lived in with her with her daughter, but let's okay. I I kind of like. I know that it's met. It's sold to be here's this like trashy New York apartment, but I live there. We're both like this apartment's cute. I live there. <laughs> oh bathroom God, in the yeah, kitchen. Why I not? Like, or like I bathroom saw in the kitchen. An apartment like this come out a railroad apartment. That's what they call them. Right. With the, like, see-through window. Yeah. And, of course, when I was there, it was, like, very expensive still yeah. to live. It didn't look that much different. But I was like, I'll, I'll do it because I, I, like, saw it on beaches. Yeah. Like, it's so in my mind. This is when you the live window, in New York. The window from the bedroom looking into, the, like, kitchen? the kitchen. I love that. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. It's so amazing. And especially if you have your best friend, you could look over at the little window and just be and sing passing Chris- each other. And sing Christmas carols to each other. Kind of. Kind of okay, so I couldn't remember if it was a Christmas scene or a New Year's scene, but I mean, not a Christmas. I mean, not not a Christmas movie. Yeah, you can watch this during the holidays. There's a Christmas scene in it. They sing "O Come All Ye Faithful" yep. in Latin. This is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it is, and all those dreidel songs. Yes. One dreidel song. One dreidel song. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Cece's apartment, even though it's supposed to be trashy, how much is this apartment going for in Manhattan now? Oh, now no seven. Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Oh my god! I was gonna. I was gonna say like over three thousand. Oh my god! I think five. Oh my god! Sounds right. Five five. I think so. Yeah, five five. Closer to six. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. It was like three two. It was like thirty two hundred. Oh my my god! Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was like twelve years ago. Right. uh, Wow. So it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, these scenes in the movie. Uh, they don't explicitly tell us, but she, Hillary talks about protest march. She's just leaving Stanford. So they're 22? Sure. The age situation in this movie is a little, <laughs> is a little gray. Yeah. And this, Black those lights. Yeah. Let's let these ladies they're 22. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there are 33 going on 22. Let's just make it work. And famously... Uh, because again, I remember I was there eight thousand years. Well, ago. I mean, you had a subscription. Your grandma had a subscription to the Enquirer. My too. grandmother, so did you would have, have read a subscription this. to the National Enquirer. Famously, Barbara Hershey had the old lip injections for this movie, oh, wow. and this was one of the first time you had really ever kind of explicitly heard about an actress getting this kind of a procedure, and we were even noticing like. 
lip injections now look a certain way and it's the like the big fat upper lip like joker mouth situation um but hers it's like her bottom lip is really full like it's a completely different look than what you get today when you go get filler definitely different ingredients to ensure oh absolutely yeah um and she said she's you know she acknowledged it even at the time she acknowledged it and she just said you know i'm pushing 40 and there are scenes in this movie where i'm playing college age yeah and so i need to look younger and that was one of the ways we decided to go about it which interesting like you know cool yeah, and now it's really like really and now it's really. like everybody gets lip fillers <laughs> in los angeles so it's not really that big of a deal anymore yeah trailblazer yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a very brief window where in my movie um in my feature for the character of the psychologist mm. her name came up okay i was like uh yes <laughs> but Barbara, i oh. almost that so I, and i called my best friend who's also the, a huge fan of beaches and who was a doctor just like the actress who played the young oh Hillary oh okay you, a doctor Oh, I did not know that. Interesting. Okay. Yes, she did. Um, anyway, so we're just like, she's like, I hope I don't die young too. I'm like, it's just the character. It's just the character. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but she, we always, been, we always been like, she's the, she's the Hillary and I'm the best. Oh, okay. <laughs> like her hair moves. Her hair moves. <laughs> Let me tell you guys. Oh my um, gosh. So... Yeah, that's sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> that part. Speaking, speaking of that, her her hair moves line that's in the trailer, but not the movie. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's not the movie. It's not the movie. No, that's, in the movie, a it's a little bit more of like a dramatic scene. And what I read was that Gary loved the line. It was an ad lib from Bet. He loved the line, but it was too funny because it was. It was supposed to be getting a little more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's very Bette Midler, and I always loved lines that stuck with me my whole life. Was in one of the letters she said, "I'm your only ethnic friend." Yes, I'm your only ethnic friend. Come on, and, and I, banging I on that. the radiators, turn up the heat. Like I always think of that. Turn like, up the heat. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of my favorite Bette Midler moments of this movie is no one gives a reaction shot like Beth, like. Nobody gives a reaction shot like Bet when Barbara Hershey walks into the nightclub and she's sitting with the drink at the bar mm-hmm. and she's looking at her. I love that scene. And I also love the scene where the Barbara Hershey character is kind of having her big meltdown of I left home and she's sitting and she's standing by the fridge kind of hiding. And behind she hides it. behind the fridge. I think that's oh. such a funny reaction shot of Bet. I love that shot. And it's so perfect because when she's like, I'm free. I'm free. Very loud. We're like, oh no, white girl, don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> She's going there. Yeah. And then yeah. that hides behind the fridge, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, these scenes when it's, uh, I'm assuming it's the early 70s, um, yeah. or even could possibly be 1970, maybe 69. Um, I would say early 70s. I There's Jim Morrison somewhere in the background. Okay. That she has like a picture of Jim Morrison. Okay, okay. okay. Um, Because later on, by the time she gets sizzle, which is like considerably later, it says seventy-seven. So yeah. So let's let's say it's nineteen seventy seventy-one. Okay. For just sake of yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the clothes, so that's oh man. But this is when we first uh, meet 
Um, gosh, Home John, John Hurt. John Hurt. Oh the God, dad from John. Home Alone. I think John Hurt's kind of sexy. He kind of does it oh, for me. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't want to say kind of sexy, but then he is. Yeah. Yeah. I love John Hurd in this and After Hours. Have you ever seen After Hours? He runs the bar in After Hours that that, uh, Griffin Dunn goes into. He's really good in After Hours. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's like so many people have this kind of thing in their head of like, oh, that's the dad from Home Alone. But you see him here only, what, five years before Home Alone? No, Home Alone's 1990. It's only like two. Two years before Home Alone. Mm -hmm. I think he looks completely different. He looks so – I don't know. It's – he's – He's making me yeah, buy that that these two that this man is kind of this catalyst for the two of them for their relationship kind of like yeah well just that he was the catalyst for her success too that yes. she goes to the telegram which also is a thing that I've been waiting to experience in my life anyone <laughs> who knows this thing you're just like you could get a singer come to your door. And then that song is so funny. It's like, all I really want to do is... Yes. I'm like, oh my God, it's so cringe. It's so good. No, it's and it's like, it's a custom song, and, like I well, think. Well, also, well, also um, there might be an issue with... Maybe they had to pay some of the little old ladies that own Happy Birthday. Oh. But I, I know that whenever you see Happy Birthday in movies, whenever it's sung, it has to be a little different, like he's a jolly good fellow or something. So I think that they wrote like a Happy Birthday song, but then she kind of sings it. So she kind of sings it. Maybe they did have to fork over the money um, for Happy Birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he introduced you there when they come out and he sees Hillary. Oh. And he's like, you're an actress. He looks so good. And it's kind of, you know, it's setting up as womanizing, but then also. It's like their attraction, and CC sees it, and then when they go to the van, she's like, "Come on, Hillary, yeah, like, the poor are waiting." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Get back to your like ACLU and, yes. and activist work. I think it's just uh, it's it's a great character beat for CC of kind of. I guess jealousy of Hillary's like physical beauty. Well, they're both kind of jealous of each other in certain moments certain, of the movie yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's this thing where it's like right away. She's just like, okay, this guy is showing interest in me and my voice and my talent and me yes. as a person. And then immediately all he does is look at Hillary and he's just well, like, Oh, Hey, who are you? Well, I mean, Beth's always gotten this from her career that we think that she's beautiful, but she's not a conventional beauty right, though. Right. And Barbara Hershey is right. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. and, and that, kind of, that that those kind of moments, I'm like, oh, bitch, oh man, I, I been that's there. Real. That's like a real, real friendship. Yeah, doesn't matter like where you are on the gender spectrum. You have a friend. Your best friend is either more attractive for you or less, or you're sorting out where you fit. Maybe yes. sometimes she's ahead, sometimes she's behind. You yeah. know, you know, absolutely. We gain. We, we, like, yeah. we you know, they like it. It is such a thing, especially at that age. I think. And then it was very interesting, I thought, when Barbara Hershey was pregnant and she you have the same scene almost when that Midler right. is or she's yeah. the doctor. Yes. So now she's like, Barbara's a uh, patient, she's pregnant, so she's like off the market. Mm-hmm. And obviously, thank goodness, her doctor's not looking at her that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would be very creepy. Um, and then he just totally ignores her for the, all the reasons like you're saying there, that she's always excluded from Cece's attention. Right. So they each get that sort of moment in the sun yeah I, <laughs> yeah absolutely right uh but i i completely forgot about the about that part we'll, 
we are going to address this doctor, Spalding Gray, and this man works oh, fast. Yeah. Two and why is his name <laughs> But, yeah. you know, he's, he's a doctor in this movie, and the doctor character in this movie works fast. He has two fiancés yeah. in, in Hillary Whitney's one pregnancy. So... You know, that pregnancy the timeline was definitely a little halting. Like, Who knows? Oh, he, had time, he had time to meet, propose, get engaged to, break off yeah. the engagement, all to CC Bloom. Yeah. Hillary's still not pregnant. Finally, by the time she has the baby, engaged yes. to a different woman. That's so true. <laughs> you know what? I'm a doctor. The lady's come to me. I mean, he's got a... I don't yeah. say attract, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he's beating <laughs> off with a stick at this point. Let's just, let's just say that. I want to discuss some of the musical numbers of this oh, movie. Because what's gosh. kind of interesting about this story, and you could almost kind of say, like, this movie doesn't really need these musical numbers. But, I mean, we got bet. So you got to have Bet sing. And I kind of like these crazy musical sequences in this movie that uh, that they got to direct. Yeah. The Falcon Players. The Falcon Players. Yep. But, and Bet never wrote these little songs. Oh, yep. did she? So she, she at least did for the big Broadway number. For oh, okay. I think yeah. she did the other one, too. Auto I think she did a little, like... We need to talk about O industry. Can I just tell you about O industry? My stepmother had uh, the soundtrack to this movie. And in 1988, it was kind of the early days of um, CD players. And my dad had a five disc changer in the, in the stereo in the living room. And she had this, and she had a Fleetwood Mac greatest hits, the one with the green and that like weird like. Sure. Yeah. Thing. Yep. Yeah. And so, because the uh, "Wind Beneath My Wings" was such a kind of this prolific hit, I would just kind of go and I would listen to it, and I got the case, the jewel case, and I'm looking at the songs. I'm like, "What is going?" on? And this is before I had seen the movie, and I'm like, "What is going on?" Uh, and it had, but it had the full length song. It had O Industry. It had Auto yeah. Titsling. It had. I all need this. Songs. I need this. And I would listen to them in like this crystal clear CD quality and like these headphones. And just like, again, this soundtrack was not intended for 11 year old boys to sit down <laughs> and listen to with headphones on. But. No, great stories and great art are meant for whatever age you are and you know, whoever you are. Yeah. They're made for the human soul and the human heart. And transcends time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had no idea what this avant garde Owen Avant garde comes to mind as a word. <laughs> which this became my, like, as I learned avant garde, I'm like, that was like that one in beaches, yes, like with the mask. that version, <laughs> and, a Hollywood version of about God. And this yes. is CC's off Broadway musical too. So this yeah. is even off Broadway. So it's even like they get to be kind of edgy. And there's masks too. Yeah. I mean, that's also a big thing with like theater actors is like work with masks too. Mask work, yes, but yes. Yeah, yeah, I would love to watch the entire performance of O Industry. I would watch this whole entire thing. Someone needs to make it. Someone needs, yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you need a post apocalyptic kind of like wardrobe situation, just get yourself a drum major jacket and just like fray some edges, and you're gold. So many drum major jackets around <laughs> in the seventies. Like I think so because. 
I, I actually think they were in vintage stores, like all the old military stuff from mm-hmm. the early 1900s and late 1800s. They're still like easy to find some of that right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a crazy petticoat in Vermont at for like ten dollars. Oh wow! At a vintage store, or like oh, just you know, like a Sally Ann type thing. But and now you just with the internet, you know, ruin oh, the vintage markets. Oh, yeah, gone. But what do you think? Like when they have that review of it, what does he say? And a, a, a portrayal of the American worker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is the story of? What, what is, is the story? Exactly. But you know what? It's truthful. Now that I've been in the industry, like growing up, you eventually just get in line, do the march, and turn around. And you're faceless. You're faceless. You're gone. You're just, a, you're just a cog. You're just a cog in the oh machine, God. the industrial machine. So, is, so is this kind of like a musical yeah. about the industrial revolution then? Uh, and the, like the, the whole like the American, advent of like factories, the American workforce. Yeah, revolution. That's the thing that we don't know, but feel like we could yeah. talk about it, is the brilliance of the song. Right. And also, I, th- I think one of the reviews referred to her character as Mother Earth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how? <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, okay. Listen, listeners, uh, my, where are my, where are my uh, Gen X listeners out there? Uh, this is a Gary Marshall production. And as he is wont to do, he uses similar uh, or he uses the same kind of troop in a lot of his movies. Hector Elizondo shows up. He marries them. Hector Elizondo from Pretty yep. Woman is, is in this. The bellboy and shows uh, up. He's in the um, one of his movies. Yes. The, the bellboy from Pretty Woman shows up in one of the auditions. Too. My, uh, but my point is that one of the three faceless or masked dancers in O Industry, and you see him when they're, when they're kind of getting ready, is um, he was on Laverne and Shirley. He played Carmine Oh, Ragusa. sure. Oh, yeah. He's in, he's in the theater troupe. The Big Ragu. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he played, he was Laverne, no, he was Shirley's boyfriend on Laverne and Shirley. I mean, also like Laverne and Shirley in the Happy Days universe, so Gary Marshall connection. Right. Yep. And he's mm-hmm. also, uh, he's also in um, A League of Their Own. He's the one that is swing dancing with Madonna. Okay. He's a dancer. He's a trained dancer. He was in Laverne and Shirley. Any excuse for Carmine to just like pirouette or just like do the splits, he was doing it. And uh, he is swing dancing in in, um, uh, League of Their Own. And he is throwing Madonna around like they are so wing uh, dancing. And he's also he's also in this. Um, I'm trying to find his name. I will find it in a moment. But he was uh, he played he played. Oh, Eddie Eddie Mecca. He played Carmine Ragusa, the big ragu in in Laverne and Shirley for very many episodes. And I noticed him in this. I clocked him in this. But yeah, Gary Marshall. You know he loves he loves an acting troupe. He brings in he brings in a lot of the a lot of the the old standbys. Berkeley, do you know who? Uh, so Gary Marshall's son is in this movie. Do you know who he is? He holds the umbrella. Yep. <laughs> I always remember him from uh, uh, Man is Kissing Woman Overboard and Overboard. Because <laughs> Overboard by Gary Marshall, directed by Gary Marshall, probably one of my all-time favorite comedies you love that I fucking love Overboard. <laughs> and I love that Overboard just has this thriving life on basic cable still. Like, wait, it's probably on IFC right now. Wait, did you say you haven't seen it? Wait, who's the star of Overboard? Goldie and Kurt. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Okay, I have seen it, but like not the whole thing and very long ago. Okay. 
Okay. So I've got another movie for my list, which I need. So I'm going to watch Risky Business. There you go. And <laughs> no reward. You mean Do it. Big Business. That's what I mean. <laughs> big Business, yeah. <laughs> Although I had a really weird dream about Tom Cruise the other night, so I think it just keeps coming in. Risky Business. But yeah, I mean, there's just something about Gary Marshall as a director, and I don't know if it's just sort of a post-World War II thing of when he's making movies that I'm going to do my Gary Marshall impression of people want to laugh. Like he, it, I think it's just a pe- Pe- like, people want to laugh. People want to laugh. Like he makes yeah. these really fun escapism comedies. And I think that it's yeah. probably like a post world war two thing of that. Like he's still trying yeah. to raise America's spirits after the war. Yeah. And he was very sickly as a child. Ah, okay. So I think that he, there's a bubble there. He, he was very, very sickly. And I think a lot of artists, I think and writers especially are sick when they're younger, because then you have to entertain yourself and yeah. live in your imagination, which makes me sad now because they'll just be online yeah. like playing games. Like what happens? Will, right. we, will we not have another Gary Marshall? But um, will we, of course, we'll never have another Gary Marshall. Right. Oh but um, yeah, I think that having the two sisters, you guys stay yeah. on your toes. Mm-hmm. Just kind of these larger than life, figures just i mean they all have a very specific way of talking to okay so when i was doing some when i was doing my show notes i wanted to watch the gary marshall commentary because there is a commentary on the blu-ray for beaches and i hit play (laughs) i hit play and died oh my goodness it's beaches i'm gonna start crying already this Gary Marshall, I directed this picture, which I really enjoyed doing with Bette Midler and Barbara Hershey. And there we are. There was Bruckheimer there, but that's not Jerry Bruckheimer, who I work with. That's Bonnie. That's a, it was a lady, very talented producer, Bonnie Bruckheimer. I was just cackling on my couch <laughs> as soon as he started talking. Cadence. <laughs> it's, it's gentleness and like generosity sure sure you know it's so interesting though like for me as a kid even as a kid i kind of knew who he was just because of like penny and of course i love laverne and shirley and um being that a league of their own was so was like such a big well that was later on but i, I didn't mean, love it i'll say it i didn't love it didn't love as it. a kid okay <gasps> really it. okay Fair. Oh, I, oh, I, I love it. I was like, this looks so cool. I want to watch it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, for, but for me, like, Gary movies like Overboard, which had already come out, Pretty Woman's later. Pretty Woman is 90. Yeah, that's yeah. later. But I don't know. For me, this was a little, it was a little heavier. Sure. It was a little heavier for, for a Gary Marshall joint. I was like, oh, okay, we're getting into some heavy themes, which I'm not mad about. I, I love it. I, I mean, this movie's great. But it was just kind of unexpected that it, would, that it did go into a little bit of more of a heavy kind of tone with, you know, with, with death and loss and, and all this stuff. But I think it was uh, – I don't know. I think he did an, an amazing job with, with – um, with the material and he mentions on the commentary of just kind of how apprehensive studios were at this time to make a movie about female friendships. And he was mentioning of just, he finds female, I find female friendships fascinating (laughs) of just kind of, you can exchange these really harsh words with each other and then go shopping with each other. Like the day after and how guys are guys just won't guys just won't talk to each other for like decades. Yeah. That seems true. 
That seems true. I, I mean, I know some ladies who won't give the silent treatment until they die. And that's, well, I mean, I guess I don't know them anymore, but uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> no, but I think, I think there is something just so cathartic about a good, like fight with my female, like energetic friends, like people who are in the female vibe. Right. You can fight and then just cry. Like the yes. cry is so key to just to show that vulnerability. Like, yeah, hurt. Man, like, well, I hurt you. Oh, I love you so much. Well, I think that's a to difference. show you each other. Yeah, I think that's the difference between like male and female friendships is that men won't even get into the argument. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or men if they do just, get into the argument, they're just not friends. Anymore. I think they'll just kind of sweep it under the rug. Sure. And I think men are easier to kind of like continue on a relationship with somebody, even though maybe there is resentment or whatever that they just kind of go back to like, okay, well, we're just talking about because it's very surface, but whereas female friendships, female relationships, they will kind of go to kind of the fight or the argument or whatever it is there, you know, maybe there is those that hold grudges and silent treatments and all that, but it's through the argument. And I was raised by women and I lived in a household full of women and, they were feisty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so for me, it's like, even if it's not an argument, it's just a heated kind of conversation. But that yeah. sometimes it's what's needed to to kind of move things along. And it's so, like, it's so telling in that one moment. Okay. When they argue in the department mm-hmm. store, one of my favorite scenes on film. Oh, okay. When Hillary, I love the quality. I love, when, I when love Hillary that department store set too. When Hillary says, We've, we grew apart, it happens, it happened to us. It happens to a ton of friendships and it happened to us. That to me as a kid, I was like, oh no. Like I would yeah. never want that to happen. That sounds awful. Yeah. But then when they are fighting and Hillary says like, she says, like, I'm not like you. I, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to argue. That, mm-hmm. to me, I was like, okay, now I get it. Like, now I see. Like, she just doesn't have that those tools of, like, she that, like, waspy kind of upbringing was not the you're big not, outburst. You're, you're not supposed to say what you feel. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. is that what it is? I mean, so far. <laughs> no, it's so far. <laughs> Wants and loves, but so they they're sort of like English that way. I think so, right? I guess that to me that's yeah. what I, that's how I got okay. you know what I took. But from what her. I love about her is that she does throw it out, and that they do each throw out the claws. Yes, yeah. Like at yeah. the beginning of that fight, she's when the lipstick. She's like, "Well, do you like the lipstick? Say yes or no. Like be specific." And she's like, <laughs> "You look like a corpse. How is that for specific?" It's <laughs> just like oh, but then Cece goes it's like let's go get a facial like she yeah she takes the hit but she's like okay i'll try again and then when she won't do that and hides behind her husband in a stupid conference also it's like why are you only visiting because your husband has a conference right like mm-hmm. you're coming back cliche and then they could get into the fight and around the whole thing with like the parenthood setting it that too that they look at these baby clothes mm-hmm. and they each are interested and then she makes the dig at CC, like, oh, really? You're interested? I'm like, ah, oh, that becomes this conversation you have at that phase of life, I feel like. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of a low blow to kind of it's question, a low blow. Yeah. question someone's me. motives We're, to like, have a kid. 
Yeah, that makes you think it's Cece's scene because we're with her more in that scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she doesn't take it like that. We thought it was so interesting. Uh, I mean, I guess this show Sizzle is supposed to be a little raunchy, a little racy. You know, bad taste. Bad taste. We get yeah. it. But the two of them. They're just like they are reacting, like they're just watching. I don't even know what. Yeah, I could. <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith just like stripping yes. while her daughter watches or something. You know, like the two of them are just like, oh, like practically covering their eyes or like k- k- keep looking at each other, rolling their eyes, and just like, oh, just like wait it out. It's almost over. Like white knuckling it through this. Show. I don't think it looks that bad. <laughs> I'd watch it. It's not bad at it's all. It's like their class. It's very much like we go to the opera. Right. So right. I was discussing with Pete last night of that when you see all of these productions with Bet and the character of Cece, do you think it's sort of a character development that where we leave Cece in her career is that you don't need all of that. Like you can just stand on the stage and sing and you don't need all of this production value surrounding you. Yeah, is she that, had to follow her face. Is that kind of the character growth? Yeah, with her Definitely. as an artist, and it's so real. It's like yeah. she, like you say, she wants success. She wants financial success. She mm-hmm. wants that freedom. She wants to be like her ego. She's like, I want, I want that life. She gets it, and it spits her out like it does right. so many people. Right. And so, in a way, Hillary was right. Like, stay true to yourself. But she had to go through that. Go through the Hollywood machine. Break the director's jaw. I love that she does that. <laughs> and then, and, and that section of her career, I was like, oh, is that a little Tina Turner? It's sure, a little, sure. Like, little because my parents actually saw Tina Turner when she came to Edmonton, when she was in that lower phase of her career, like right. kind of before she had built it back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in like a small Canadian town, yeah. like city at a club. Wow. But granted, there's really amazing musicians there. Yeah. And, cool people so she was playing to a crowd who appreciated her yeah yeah but it wasn't like what she was used to right right and it's humbling i'm sure it was very humbling yeah absolutely not just, not opening for the for the stones just kind of like doing smaller theaters and things like that um yeah yeah and i mean we 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 see it too with the john character who's just like I like the Falcon players. I like my little theater yeah. like i like writing the shows that i wanted to produce and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like he had his niche and like he kind of wanted to go back to it. And so it's like, okay. Um, I think it does speak to as well, not just their difference there. But if the man you marry first, like when you saw the two of you together, you and your best friend, and he was really attracted to your best friend, it's never going to work out with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you it out, and it's great. They had the marriage. They had Arthur the Great Dane. Oh, my God. I can't with the, <laughs> I can't with the full Great Dane. <laughs> Gary Marshall also talks about that on a movie, of that you got to make a movie with, with a, a dog. With a dog. <laughs> with a cute animal. All of my movies have cute animals. Yeah. Uh, when she... When Hillary also says too about being the consolation prize or your marriage of convenience, you're just like, ooh, <laughs> yikes. And then I look at how she turns around. She's like, maybe I am. Like, they're like, so what? Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess that part comes after. But that fight, like, it was so intense. And I love how then it sh- they show each of them. Dealing with it. Cece on the couch yeah. just crying with her supportive husband. <laughs> but so and then Hillary just like, like you say, wasping it up. Yeah. Like, 
I'm fine. I'm in first class, which first class has improved a lot. (laughs) (laughs) First class of of 88 was just like a bigger seat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe. And I go into the bathroom and just like breaks down. I was like, oh, it was so good to include that scene to just show that she is so affected. She's not just this, this persona she's putting on to give that moment to her alone. Like, I think her performance, the more I think of it, it's so good. Mm hmm. I don't think she, and maybe it's just melodrama. You don't get the credit. People don't get the credit they yeah. they deserve. Yeah, and it's the quieter performance. So it's like Barbara Hershey. I think that her big thing prior to this, I think, was Hannah and her sisters. That's kind of what, yeah, probably got her the audition for Beaches. Yeah, because I think okay. that they had to test Barbara with Bet for the role. Um, Barbara Hershey, this is our second Barbara Hershey movie of the year. We have done, we did Black Swan, Black Swan. way early in the year. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yikes>. Love Barbara <laughs> Hershey and Black Swan. Also really good in Insidious too. Oh, that's That's right. a really she good Barbara Hershey performance. Insidious movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when we finally get to see her uh, de-wigged. And just, I think when she kind of has the shoulder length hair, I feel like that may be her oh. actual hair. It looked the most like settled. And it's so suiting for the character. It's like she's actually on her own now. She's doing yeah. her own thing. Like yes. she is who she's supposed to be. She's back yeah. to being a lawyer. Yeah. She's being a single mom. She's yeah. cool. Like she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I I love all of the scenes with the daughter and Bet. Just because you kind of get some fun odd couple scenes when they're at the beach house when she goes to stay with them for the one yeah. summer of that when she's kind of beginning to get sick. And she, uh, yeah, all of the scenes with Bette and the daughter are really fun. That they just kind of argue and yeah. antagonize each mm-hmm. other. I, I love a, a grown adult person just like antagonizing. Arguing a with a child. Yeah. Yeah. And the grown adult leaving a towel on the bathroom floor. <laughs> and and like you mentioned, Pete, of Gary pulling this performance out of Bet that hadn't really been there, that mm-hmm. just kind of how we see this character progress at the end with her. Mm-hmm. Of that you yeah. kind of get these quieter moments with the daughter. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this little girl's really good too. I kind of th- I kind of thought like, okay, maybe, you know. Because, again, when we watched this the other night, we okay, this is another thing that I have to say. This yeah. is one of those movies that when I revisit it, I always stop it at a certain point because is I it know like, what's happening. Is it like Steel Magnolias or, or Terms of Endearment? It's like Steel Magnolias. It's like Selena. I just don't want to get to a certain point. I know what's going to happen. I like yeah. all the beginning stuff. Yeah. And I don't need to relive it every time. I think – even in the edit, it's so efficient the way, like, when she does, spoiler alert, die. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't, you see, you see that summer, you see what's important, you see the setup of the relationships between Cece and the daughter. Yeah. And then it's just the funeral. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we don't and get when the that bit, funeral yeah. happens, I'm like, I was watching it the other night with my husband as I was baking Christmas cake and I was just like, bawling. Like, when that <laughs> funeral, that scene just, it's like, they're at the funeral. She's gone. Yeah. yeah. She's we don't, gone. We don't get like the deathbed scene. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's a scene uh, in a hospital bed and she kind of like it's after it's after Hillary kind of like passes out at home and the daughter finds her and it's very scary and she's in this hospital bed and it's like, okay, the end is nigh. And she and she Hillary tells Cece 
I want to go. I don't want her to see me like this. And I thought that she meant like, I'm ready to like, go, like go. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you, your daughter has to say goodbye. What do you mean? You don't want her to see you like this. This is horrible. But then what she meant was she wanted to leave the hospital and just go on my own terms. I don't want, my daughter yeah. to see me in the hospital yeah. bed. She can see me, but she... so then when they go back to the the beach house, it's like okay. I hope I hope all I hope all these young girls riding on horseback on the beach and playing frisbee aren't scarred for life seeing like Barbara Hershey pass away on her deck <laughs> in the middle of the uh, afternoon. Yeah, I hope so. They need to grow up. <laughs> they gotta grow up. Some grow up kids. They have uh, that. They have that really cute Russian blue cat too. That yeah. cat I was wondering cat. if it's the same cat from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> I think it's the same cat. <laughs> the the show cat. cats in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I've heard stories about that movie, and just like that cat is trained like a dog. Like it's oh, like they're like sure. it's a crazy cat. Show cat. Yeah. I bet it's the same one. Show cat, but the show cat of show cats. Okay, this cat that you can it's see cat. on my lap right now is the least trained cat in the world. <laughs> well, you do your thing. You don't let them tell you. I like that. <laughs> But that helped me seeing. I love to the complexity of when finally Cece and the daughter are getting along, yes. and Barbara Hershey's watching, uh, and it makes her yeah. mad. Oh my god, that's so real. Yes, jealous. But just the, yep. the the fact that even even for Hillary, she's just like, I didn't know it was going to feel like this. I, like yeah. this is what I wanted. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which, which I appreciate these messy emotions that are yeah. unflattering too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like true friendship. You know what? It's yep. like we're not always nice. We're we're ugly sometimes, and they see the real selves of each other. Yeah, they just love each other through it. It's like a true true love story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I love how the resolution of that is again. It's just like this. I think the storytelling is just so smart and quick and fun. Of like, Cece's watching an interview of herself. Yeah, where she's so pretentious, <laughs> and so it's just like, it's like funny little be like, don't oh, don't say it, don't say it. And then Barbara Hershey comes out and starts. Uh, her daughter asks if she can braid her hair, and she says she can. And she's changed out of her pajamas, yeah, because she's yeah. been in the pajamas for a week. Mm-hmm. Fully and dressed. So I yeah. just went off. It's like all these little like setups, payoffs. It's yeah. just always moving, always moving. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, it's a, that moment. Like I kind of said earlier, like. Both Hillary's parents are gone. Um, we get a little bit of information about uh, her ex-husband. Yeah. You know, because at this point, if he's not... Then he's dad of the year. Yeah. At this point, this little girl is, what, seven, eight years old? If she... If he's not around if now... If he's not in the picture, then yeah. it was an understanding between the two of them that, no, you're not going to be in the picture. So, you know, I don't know. At this point, is he going to be... He, I think they said that he remarried, you know? That's so sociopath. That's insane, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Let's remember when in the letters, Hillary writes to Cece and is like, it gave, gave my father great peace to see us together because he was the son he never had. It's like, it wasn't just his lawyer, but I'm like, no, this guy's a sociopath. Yep. He watched your father die. So he's leaving you for another woman in your robe. He lets a woman wear your robe and he mm-hmm. goes over to cheat. Like, <laughs> in your own robe. That's disgusting. Yeah. Seriously. And and she's pregnant with her child. She's pregnant with her child. <laughs> yeah. She just bought a ranch. Yeah, yeah. So she, she oh, just worked like a lot more today. <laughs> 
No, that guy's a jerk, but I think he was pretty hot. Like, he does look oh, like... Oh, absolutely. He, he was probably the hottest character <laughs> in this looks and I can see why he has his bears. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, a, it's that thing of, like, who, okay, yeah, now where, she, where is she going to go? Who is she going to leave the daughter to, yeah. you know? And, and Cece does have a line of just, like, everybody wants you, you know? Yeah. Like, and Vesta it, wants it's you. It's your decision. But, uh, but I was thinking. <laughs> Vesta's coming out of the yeah. grave and she wants to take you. <laughs> yeah. She wants to take you with her. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking, though, like, realistically, who does? Hillary doesn't. I think that, to me, that was a, a big uh, kind of key to this character is that she is kind of on her own you know that's why she continues to you know reach. she does have family but she's not particularly that close Close, to anybody right right right. she's closest to cc yeah yeah Um, when she says everybody wants you she's like i'm just saying that to make up for the fact your mom has no friends yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to feel too bad i want to go i do have one question about the very beginning it takes Mm -hmm. me back because the beginning is the end in this movie but when she leaves and she gets in that car to drive to be with her friend, striding through the night, mm-hmm. then the next night she's listening to the radio and they're like, CC Boom's concert last night got canceled, but she's still driving and it was only sure. I was <laughs> wondering that too because the, the drive from LAX to the Bay outside of San Francisco uh-huh. where all the rich people live, uh-huh. I mean, it's not that long. On a rainy night. Right. Uh... I think there was a moment where they got they got got there and then story happened. Or or do you think that okay? So she, le- yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But, but but yeah, I was thinking like she left in the afternoon. Yeah. No, no, but she leaves at night though. It's in the evening. And leaves also, at night, and she's still driving the next night according to the radio. And also, <laughs> it's raining, so that show at the Hollywood Bowl is going to be postponed anyways. Yes, they, and they did mention that, yeah, was and like, I was like, poof. <laughs> maybe maybe they did that to kind of lessen the blow for CC. But people said she left earlier. Right. Sure. Like the, the buzz. They said she's yeah. listening to <laughs> But yeah, so she's obviously doesn't drive a lot. She's no. going in circles. No, yeah. someone helped this woman. Yeah. She was driving twenty four hours. <laughs> uh, for a, a two hundred a two hundred mile trip. Yeah. So why did you call that limo guy to come back? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Cece just wasn't like, I will pay you all the money in the world. But actually, no, I mean, she thinks that she's going to LAX to get a flight, and the that's and the limo had that's driven right. away, that's so right. that's why. Um, yes. We have to discuss the song, "The Wing Beneath My Wings," hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts and one. Grammy Awards for Record of the Year and Song of the Year in 1990. And I think still to this day, when you think of Bette Midler's song, you just think of The Wind Beneath My Wings, which, shockingly, not Oscar-nominated. This song wasn't Oscar-nominated or any of the other songs, like O Industry, that were probably written for the movie. Or Otto Titzling. I mean, Otto Titzling, I think that 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 had existed, that she had done that show in her hack. So they kind of worked into the story. Yeah. But this movie got an art direction nomination, which I I mean, I guess mad respect. Like, I like contemporary art direction in movies, but not for Wind Beneath My Wings, though. Yeah, that's wild. That's Uh, wild. Well, who hated her? What's the beef? I mean, there may have been just like Academy snobbery with Bette Midler at the time with this song just because it was such a monster hit but that said 
This was the 80s, which, like, yeah, huge like, songs won best original song in the fame 80s. Fame and, like... Fame, like, time of your life. Yep. It, it's mm-hmm. like precursor to the Bodyguard song. Right? Yeah. 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 But wow, no, I'm really sure by that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, two years in a row at the at the Christmas pageant at St. Stephen's Murder in Monterey Park, this song was performed live. <laughs> it's always, I mean, it's always kind of a go-to for funerals, too. Ooh. Wind beneath my wings, not a dry eye in the house, probably. <laughs> no. no. It's funny, because you can make fun of the song, and it's easy to do that, and I, I do. I enjoy that. Yeah. But if you, I'm really listening to it and the way she sings it. It's so poignant. It's so beautiful. Absolutely. What do you guys think? Like, do you like the song? Yes. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's a story about friendship. Yeah. Which I love that. Because we all yeah. have, like, the wind beneath our wings that we wouldn't be at we are today if it weren't for this person, too. Yeah. Which I think that we can all relate to that. And, I mean, we can all relate to the key themes of this movie of knowing somebody since you were – a kid and still talking to them as an adult. I mean, that has to be a pretty strong friendship that, uh, my best friend, Jamie, I met Jamie when I was probably five years old and we're still friends to this day. And it might be sometimes a long, like sometimes we'll go a while without texting or talking, but the minute that we do catch up, it's like no time has passed. Wow. Yep. You're so lucky. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I have a friend like that too, my friend Jen, and we watch beaches together and we both like are crying, but it's like almost too intense. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm telling you, like, I know again, we've been watching it since we're 10. Uh, yeah. One you. of just like those enduring friendships that you've known this person since you were a yeah, child. They are part of your spirit. Yeah. Like how would you mm-hmm. be without them? And in the song, she has that line where she's like, you have the smile, this beautiful smile that hides the pain. Ugh. And I was just like, oh, that's what we see our, in our friends, their beauty. And then you see, you see what other people don't in your friends and admire them all the more for it. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> but like, Scott, to your point, it's like love songs usually. Yeah. Love, love songs on the coast here, here, here in L.A. It's like, you know, they're we about to, this romantic. We used to host love songs on the coast. Love songs Karen. The, uh, Karen. Uh, well, I know Ted Ziggenbush used to. Okay. When I first moved here, it was Karen. Um, <laughs> now we're talking LA, LA, LA like terrestrial LA radio deep cuts. <laughs> ah. LA terrestrial radio and and the uh, adult contemporary station. <laughs> was it Karen White? I don't remember. Um, but Ted Ziggenbush would do Karen this. Sharp. Karen Sharp. Yeah. Yep. Love songs on the coast. My producer on my next movie or like this series I'm adapting is Aaron Sharp. Well, this was this is awesome. Karen. She was a beneath my wings. Well, there you go. <laughs> Full this circle song's, moment. This song's going out to a See, very but, special person. But that's the thing. Yep. Love songs are romantic love songs. But the, but this song, this could be a romantic love song. It very well could be. You know, the intention between the two listeners. But I mean, for for you know, for this use case in this movie, it's like you know, it's this this friendship and yeah, it's just something that we don't often see. Um, and I mean, I can't really think of, song. I can't really think of a radio ballad like this about friendship. It's a good ass song. Mm-hmm. Well, Bette Midler had her other song. You gotta you have, have friends. friends. I mean, she's talking about the gays. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> about, about stalking people. <laughs> like, no, the like, the one like, um, Biggie Dad. Was oh it, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah. That, that was a friendship song, but Daddy, it's yeah, diff- yeah. a little different. Yeah, you know what's funny with this this movie? It, it it's like this love story. 
platonic love story, mm-hmm. but yet they got to have really like the romance. They got the child. Right. Right. They got to live together in the nice beach house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What woman doesn't want this life? I mean, I don't want my friend to die. No, no. But if I could just, I mean, I love my husband too, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> just saying, like, it's kind of like they made this, they were able to have, like, what normally would be in a sort of, like, cis-hetero, like, life. Yeah. They got to have it together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they got to go on a wig journey. They went on a wig journey. <laughs> hair dye journey when, I, when Bet dyes her hair blonde. Was blonde. Yep. You spent two and a half hours dyeing your hair the it same color. Uh, I feel like Cece's, <laughs> Cece's least successful wig is uh, the short kind of. Oh, uh, I hate it. When she when, so when Hillary's pregnant and she cuts it and she has it short. Yeah, it's awful. It ages her so much. Like, and it's what? not quite the big business length of no. short. Okay. Oh, no. it's like a mullet. That's why I feel a nice short hair. I had one short haircut my whole life that worked. Sure. Every other one, I'm like CC Bloom, which gets, it's just like, it's not good. No, no. Certain colors, certain people can't wear. Yeah. Certain things. Yeah. It's a little but like yeah. Sally Jesse Raphael kind of like shape to it. It was not. But it's so perfect too because it's like that's where she almost married the doctor. So right. she's going for this look. And it's like, it wasn't a fit. It right. was not a complimentary fit. There you go. She should not be going down that route. There you go. I like it. The, 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 the costuming and the production design recognized by the Academy, the makeup, <laughs> like such artistry. Absolutely. I think this movie holds up very well. Um, I mean, even though it is set in very specific time periods, it is kind of um, timeless enough that it, we're st- we're still questioning like oh what year is it who knows sure. like <laughs> yeah we know vaguely it's in that s- regard it's successful because yeah. it doesn't look dated yeah. of what kind of time period that they're in but, but e- even though it's set in the 80s it's not just like oh my god this movie is so corny whatever it just i don't know i, I think the script and the acting and just like all of bet's music that's just in there it just holds up extremely yeah. well it, it just has this watchability that you're just like. I think it's I mean, the, we're all three of us biased. I think but. it's the best type of sentimental, and I know that sentimental for describing a movie. Not a lot of people kind of like the word sentimental, but right. I think sentiment, when done well in movies, is very powerful. Right. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither one of us has seen the. Lifetime made for television remake. I think it was starring, like 2017. Starring uh, Adina Menzel and Nia Long. Nia Long. Directed by Allison Anders. How do you like that? I saw that today. I was like, Allison Anders. I had no what, idea directed what, the Beaches movie. What would I know else? Um, Gas, Food, and Lodging. Oh. Yep. Kind of like big, like trailblazing female director. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm open. I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, Gary Marshall's Gary Marshall. Yeah. Like, you know, but what I would like to see is um, the movie about the daughter and, like, her at a later phase in her life. I was thinking that, too. I know that there was a sequel book written, and there was plans about a sequel movie, and it just fizzled in development. But I think that a sequel to the novel does exist. I was thinking about that, too. I was thinking about the daughter and this life that she would have with Cece. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And ju- yeah, just or kind of. Like, she goes to college. She's like, leave, like we meet her at college. Right. She meets someone and then she's making references and they go home at Thanksgiving and CCC or, but like, even how do you live in the shadow of a great love, even as a friendship? Sure. Yeah. You know like, that the story isn't that, done. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it could be cooler. Is it her daughter? Her daughter? Her son? Her gay son? Uh, oh my gosh. I love it. Cause enough time has passed. <laughs> yeah. So the book, the book who was. The game who are the producers? Who, are, who, who is the director that you could see just actually pulling that off today? Sure. I mean, I'm I'm reading about the novel. I I think that who could who who could who could direct the Beaches sequel like right now? Don't say Greta. Greta would probably <laughs> love, Greta would probably love to direct the Beaches sequel though. Of what I know of her, <laughs> too easy. Mm-hmm. Who is like giving us some real feeling today? Yeah. Gosh. We're gonna, we're gonna have to... Todd Haynes. Show us <laughs> Todd Haynes. The, Todd Haynes. The Beaches sequel, but done in a similar tone uh, than May and December. Oh my goodness! But with the Barbies. Back to Barbies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, all I think we. I think we're on to something here. I think the three of us have a, a, a hot script. Let's get it out of yeah. development hell. I will. I will say there. about get it produced. The Adina Menzel mm-hmm. movie. I don't mind her cover. Oh, the of the song? I think it's I think it's kind of good. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I mean, it's no bet, but I mean, how can you be? Yeah. But I think it's pretty decent, though. Okay, we'll get we'll, we'll I'll give it a listen. I've been listening listen. to it on my iTunes all week. Okay, mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna try it. I like it. I've I been, like it. I've been listening to O Industry and Auto Titsling on my on my. Okay. iTunes I mean, it's so good. Throughout <laughs> <laughs> my life, I can't even tell you how many moments I've just been sitting in like a grocery store lineup and just been like, oh, you know and she's in in that costume with that little corset and the like crinoline and like, oh, my oh, oh my gosh she looks amazing oh, New York outfits. yeah i mean oh so good even they're so good yeah and they're all back in style they really are sometimes <laughs> the fabrics would be a little different today yeah, yeah but the cuts that's the thing even the fashion in this movie it's like yeah that's Someone could wear that. Today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't look like, oh my God, so corny, so 80s. It's like. Even the lawyer. Like when yeah. she's being a lawyer, it's like, yeah, uh, you could wear that business outfit today. Yep. It would be nice. Yep, absolutely. Oh mm. my goodness. Well, I think that pretty much the only big Bette, Midley, Bette Midler movie Bette Midley. that we have not. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one that we haven't done is Down and Out in Beverly Hills, which I have not seen. Sure. With Bette and Nick Nolte. <laughs> Oh, and I don't remember really getting it, but I was very young. Right, right, same. I, I need, feel like I, I was really young when I watched it, and I didn't quite latch onto it like I did with the other ones. It was a little yeah. heady for me as a as a kid. Um, everything else, solid gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we definitely, I mean, we we have this Blu-ray that we just picked up. What did we? I don't like. We bought it this past summer. Okay, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a uh, listeners. If you can get a hold of it, it's got a a great Gary Marshall commentary on there. It's worth worth the price of admission <laughs> just to listen to the man. <laughs> it really is. I, I started going down and recommend for anyone to go down a YouTube just rabbit hole of Gary Marshall interview beaches. It will take you very quickly to Betty Davis, very quickly. Okay. And then I was on. Um, 
the late night guy. What's his name? Blonde, really famous. He's the seventies late night. Johnny Carson. No, Letterman. younger Letterman. No, no, no. Come on. Uh, <laughs> no. Blonde. He had an approach as Joplin. Oh, uh, oh, Dick Cavett. Uh, Dick Cavett. Cavett. Yeah. And I guess he and Betty Davis were really good friends, so yeah. it totally comes through she on their. Going Cavett. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. His interviews with her, I guess she was on quite a bit. Like, so you can watch many years of Betty Davis interviews and like, oh, I, I get why people love her. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. She's sassy. She tells it like it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that kind of just really quickly, I know we have to wrap up uh, soon. Um, but, you know, Bette Midler kind of famously with some of her co stars didn't always have the best time. With you know working with Shelley Long, so closely in Outrageous Fortune, I I mean I don't think there was ever a, no a I don't think I don't think that there of... was ever any like tension in the media between Barbara Hershey and yeah and Bet. They loved I... each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I saw in the interviews, yeah, and which... they had real chemistry on screen, which I do think is difficult between women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, especially women who are very different, right. like that. Yeah, but I, I think they each. They they were and you know even with the Mayan character I think they auditioned six hundred children. Oh my god! Yeah, like, this was well cast. Oh my god! We have to put the button on this show. So I mean, Mayan Bialik's career after this exploded. That everyone was like, "Who is the young Bette Midler that walks away with those opening scene of Beaches? Yeah. Like, put her in something, and it pretty much got her Blossom. Did you wow. ever? Did you grow up on Blossom? Living really Canada? Did. Yes. Yes. I had the series of Friday night and Thursday night shows from America. Mm-hmm. One I remember had um, a roller coaster at the beginning. It was at a really boring family. Step by step. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember, I was like, I yep. love this intro. And then you go to the show, I was like, oh. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not as, it's not, a, step by step isn't as memorable as something like Full House. No. But great intro, that roller coaster. Very great fun. intro. Yeah. You okay. Know, but I did see Bleaches. I loved always that she had her dance routine, which was now when you look back, it's a little cringy. Tap yeah. dancing um, on the on the piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the piano. What you doing on the piano? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we this year we have been watching some episodes of Blossom. And yeah. when I was a kid, I remember Blossom being there. I was a little young, so I wasn't really catching up on it. Pete, did you grow up on Blossom? Like, did you watch a lot of it? Uh, Maya and Bialik and I are very close in age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember I loved Blossom. Joey Lawrence. you like I Joey. Re- Joey Lawrence, I remember from Joey, but they never bang. Beautiful never- himbo. Uh, so let me tell you the story. Uh, Joey Lawrence, I remember from Give Me a Break. Uh, grew up with him. Blossom, I mean, Maya, I remember from Beaches. We're very, very close in age. She gets the show. She, Maya and Bialik actually gets two sitcoms at the same time. And it was up to her which one she was going to take. Wild. Where did it? It was the other one. The other one is completely forgotten to history. It's, it's like been if, lost. If you it, look it, it up it, on... It's been lost to time. It's it's on, house. It doesn't house. exist. It's on her Wikipedia. It just... She, when I think she did two pilots, she did two pilots, and yeah. I think the story goes that it, she was the one that was kind of like, I want to do this one instead of that one, and then the other one just canceled. Never, nothing ever became of it. Um, and so because I was the age of these characters, I was just very much like invested in this show. Uh, 
It is not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> We've been watching episodes of it recently, and I'll almost watch it just because I love so to bad. bitch about it and yeah. just like make fun of it as I'm watching it. Hate and watching. everything I know about Mayim Bialik, she seems like a very lovely person, but there is just something about this material that I'm just like, oh my God, this show makes me want to like bash my head into the wall. <laughs> and I, th- I mean, it's all the writing. Of that, these it's the writing, it's the tone. It's like, yeah, what, what? It's like we're going to imitate what we think kids are thinking, but we're not really going to give you the respect of doing it. It's like we need to see her as the older daughter in the nanny with Fran Dressler. That's what we wanted. (laughs) Okay, and in Canada, I don't know if you guys got the original Degrassi. Mm, uh, I I challenge you to watch the pilot of the original Degrassi. It's like a French Nouveau (laughs) shot on film. Realism, like it's gorgeous, but these kids, like, they had real problems, right? Pregnant, right? She yeah. Like, you saw it, that was with like Spike and like all them, or was that be- even before that? Oh, I missed all of that. No, 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 it was like the original Degrassi was Spike, okay, and it was like late 80s. Then, yes, I do remember it, yeah, yeah, and that was edgy, like, you were like, oh. Yeah, no, it was too edgy. It was too grown up for like even for me, and I was the age of them. I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> I, I I forget how. I wonder if it was on like PBS even. Like I forget I how we like watched it. Yeah, but in I, Canada it was like, oh, it's right. on after school. Yeah, no. So yeah. And I was like, we were watching that, so then to watch a blossom where she's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just have a problem. You're like, oh, yeah. Vinny, my boyfriend. We were watching one the other night, right after we turned off beaches. I put on an episode of Blossom, and it begins with Seinfeld style observational humor between Blossom and Six about why nobody on TV uses the bathroom or sneezes. Or sneezes. That just feels like it's just a Jerry Seinfeld piece of stand-up. But they even referenced Seinfeld in the, <laughs> in the joke. They're like, well, they do it on Seinfeld. It was so awful. I think that, Pete, you mentioned it when you guys did Blossom on VSTV, of that these writers aren't writing in a character No, of, like, right. Blossom and Six. Like, you're writing it as the writer. And when you give those lines to, like, a teenager, it just sounds unauthentic and weird. It really does. Yeah. And even you're like, she may be clever. Like she's going on one day to get her PhD. Right. To breastfeed her children indefinitely. However, yeah, (laughs) she is not, she's still a teen and it was weird. Yeah. It it, it didn't, I don't know. And now I'm thinking of those dance numbers. I'm like, it's just a Cosby ripoff. Sure. So there was like all the writers who couldn't get on the Cosby show or on Seinfeld were like, just sent to blossom. Yeah. I don't know. Put her, put her tap dancing on a piano. (laughs) And, you know, and a funny hat. yeah, and we we saw hat. we saw how compelling Maya as a child actress yeah. could be in you know mm. with the right material. So it's just it's a shame, but hey, you know, we're sitting here talking about what a shame it was, but it's like put her through UCLA and sure, <laughs> and, yeah. her own person, and I yeah. respect that. Like, yeah. I like mm-hmm. that she's not just. I'm sure she has a ton of money from all the shows she's been on, like. But she doesn't, like, she kind of just seems like a mom. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I remember yeah. when she was doing press for Big Bang Theory, I, me- I remember I saw her on Wendy Williams, and she was just like, you know, I'm a working mom, I'm raising kids, I needed healthcare. So I got a job, <laughs> and it was the Big Bang Theory. So she kind of lucked into it. Like, she was just looking for work just to get healthcare. Wow. Yeah. See if she'd been on Degrassi mm-hmm. in Canada. She yep. Yeah, there you go. Would've... 
wouldn't miss it. <laughs> she also, I will say for those people who, and yourselves, if that includes you, want to see, she gets with the actress at their current ages mm. who played Hillary Whitney and they recreate the scene, the okay. opening scene of Beaches. And they also just talk. I guess they've kind of stayed in touch. I love that. I love and that. And that actress, she was the one, the doctor who operated on the congresswoman who was shot in the head, I believe. Oh, oh wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, my goodness. Uh, is there is this a little interaction on YouTube, I would imagine? Um, it is yeah. on YouTube. That okay. is, I, you know, I think YouTube, or it's actually on her, um, my Miami's mm. website. Okay. She has a okay. website. It's called, uh, what it's called, but she just says, I don't know who the guy is who comes on as like the director. Sure. So they're like, all right, we're recruiting the scene. And where's our this and that? And he's like, that's all there is. Like, it, it's, uh-huh. it's like they're, they're taking a, like a piss out of it. It's, it's sure. cute. Okay. Her but really also she's just like, it. clearly not a vain person. And that's right. always refreshing. Right. Yeah. Her run on Jeopardy just ended. I think. So. Uh, I think. I think I'm Ken gonna, Jennings. I think Ken Jennings is going to be the full time host. But she, she and Ken Jennings for the past few years, uh, right after Alec passed away, they would trade off. I I, I did enjoy Mayim as I liked. I liked Alec. I like Mayim yeah. on Jeopardy. Guys, I feel like she's going to come into our life somehow. I don't know how. We'll manifest but it. I feel like she's. I think she should be a guest. I I agree. I, I would love to have her on. We won't talk that much about Blossom though. <laughs> Well, she may have similar feelings. Hey, there you go. I like you it. You know what? She keeps it real. <laughs> she, she does. If, if anything, what we've learned about Maya Biala is that she does, in fact, keep it real. <laughs> um, this has been a, a lot of fun talking about beaches. Thank you so much Berkeley, for coming so on much. Thank you so much. Your movie, Dark Nature, just came out earlier this year, and it is available on... Tell us. Tell yeah. us more. Tell us everything tell us, that, yeah. that you can about, about... 2022, it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, we premiered 2022 in the summer at Fantasia in Montreal, which okay. if you get to go to Montreal or you like Montreal, go to that film festival, Fantasia. It's a genre film festival. It's so much fun. It's so cool. Super laid back. Like, it's just such a great time. It's a good reason to go to Montreal. And then we, um, and then I guess it came out like theatrically that year and now it's on all the platforms and what have you. I watched but- that on Tubi this afternoon. He did. I'm sorry. He had to watch a horror movie before. <laughs> Still not a sponsor of the show, Tubi. I know. We love Tubi. We love Tubi. <laughs> yep. Tubi. Pay some dollars. Come on. Hand them over. But that's, yeah. It's funny because now it, it does seem like a while ago now. I'm I'm on to the next and the next and the next. I love that. Awesome. Can you tell us about the next or are we under wraps? Ooh. What's going on? Well, I've got a couple things. The big one is turning the book Half-Breed into a limited series. So that's something I am in pre-development right now with um, CBC and ABTN, which is um, broadcasters here in Canada, which is amazing because this book, Half-Breed, it's written by author Maria Campbell, who's a Métis author. Um, and my great-uncle, Jim Brady, is in the book and was her hero, and now she's my hero. Wow. Okay. So it's just a beautiful circle of, of people. And I don't know. It's, it's an incredible book. If you've never read Half Breed, she's just a very, very good writer. Like you could, you'll probably read it in an afternoon. It's, okay. it's not a long book, but mm-hmm. it's um, a memoir. Okay. So turning that into a limited series, working on that. And then um, I really hope to be directing a, it's actually about a podcaster. 
it's a scary movie, kind of like the Silence of the Lambs uh, story about a podcaster who the serial killer comes for the true crime podcaster. Uh-oh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's a really amazing script. So I'm hoping to that everything goes forward with that. And then a Mercury's people in Montana, actually. Okay. Yeah, on a story called Clara Bean, which is a ghost story set in the late 19, or 1890s in Montana, based on a true story, which is that a woman gave testimony in court about a murder, but she got her information from a ghost, and the murderer was convicted off this ghost testimony. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yes. That's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So that's an amazing um, group of people in Montana, and they're all about just like shooting in Montana and uh, doing something from Montana for Montanans. Montanians. And mm-hmm. I mean, most. Really- I mean, most stories set in Montana are not shot in Montana. They're usually shot in Alberta. I'm looking at you, Yellowstone. <laughs> that I think that they get their exteriors a little bit in Montana, and they shoot principal in in Alberta. Let's be real. That little line between us for all the cameras is a fabrication. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so silly. It really is. So, um, yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. That's Congratulations great. Congratulations on uh, all of your upcoming projects. They sound great. We'll definitely keep an eye out for them. Well, I'll consult you beforehand and be like, guys, could this make someone gay? <laughs> I want it to. <laughs> well, As a mother, I have to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well thank you so much again for coming on the show well this Berkeley you certainly are the wind beneath our wings <laughs> on the show and thank you so much for joining us for our beaches episode we've been yes. waiting to do beaches for a while now one of those big titles that I have been holding for quite some time I was just waiting for the right moment oh my gosh my pleasure thank you so much for having me you're so welcome uh, uh, until next time we, we will bid you adieu and um, have yourself a great evening Thank you. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. Yes. Last episode of 2023, Pete. Oh, my goodness. What a year. Yeah, we covered some fun movies. Yeah, it's been a long season. Can't believe we're heading into season six. But thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It's been a great year, great ride on the show. There's a lot more to come. We always take a little break in January, and then we'll start putting out episodes. It's usually around, like, mid-February. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be back before you know it with fresh movies. There might be a bonus episode here and there, too. Keep checking the picture but um, check it right no, out. like the main yeah, feed, the we'll, feed, we'll probably do a bonus episode on the main feed. But also, we will be posting to the Patreon too. Absolutely. We'll still be doing our television episode and the commentary. Absolutely. So plenty of content. Perfect time to sign up too. Yes, indeed. But uh, right now, I think it's that time. <laughs> the Patreon shout out. Let's hear them. Let's say hello and thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. Including our friends over at How Do You Dream. Uh, let's see, our friend Andy, uh, Kate, Pep, Tammy, uh, Robert, Brett, Daisy, Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Garrett, Thomas, uh, not Garrett Thomas, Garrett and Thomas, uh, Lori, Brenna, Jess Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Lily, Ted, Benny, Jamal, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Paul, Rue, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emily, Aaron, Nick, and Shannon, 
Christine, and also uh, Rufino, you guys. Thank you for being Thank you for being patrons. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of our bonus content, including 30 plus watch of this commentary tracks, our new TV that made us gay uh, series, as well as a ton of other bonus material. Yeah, and we're going to be doing it through our little break, too. So perfect time to sign up. Absolutely. Tons of new content on there uh, since we're going to be dark for a minute on the, on the radio feed. So head over to patreon.com and um, check it out. And all of your donations matter. All of your donations count. They, keep, uh, they go directly towards keeping the show on the air every Friday uh, ad-free and um, free for you guys. So thank you so much, patrons. You can go ahead and follow and like us on any platform. We're there. Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky, X. We're there. Movies That Made Us Gay. And MTMUG Pod we're on more, X. Exactly. We're most active on Instagram. Yep. We're at Movies That Made Us Gay on Instagram. We're most active there. And if you want to give us a follow on your um, podcast listening platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Patreon, Stitcher, any of those guys, not Patreon, um, Spotify, um, or Stitcher, any of those, give us a follow so you'll be sure to get notified when new episodes drop. And if you are a listener on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can give us a five star rating. And if you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, you can write us a review. So we would love to uh, read any new reviews yeah. on upcoming episodes. So go ahead and do that on Apple Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts is pre installed. It's easy to find. So go ahead and do that. Uh, gave you all of our socials. If you want to follow our personal socials, feel free. My name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram. Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. You guys, this is a great season. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you guys are wonderful listeners. Happy 2024. Have a safe and wonderful New Year's. Absolutely. We'll be back before you know it.